You are listening to episode 181 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Brian. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and things get odd in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. That was the most simple but effective one that we have ever done to date. You know, if I keep going up, eventually I'm going to peak. So yeah. i got to delay that as much as possible. Yeah, I, I can see that being an issue. Uh, yeah, so this week we played some Oddworld on the PS5. Some Soulstorm. And uh, I wish we had, you know, you should have incorporated some Soulstorm brew in that intro. You know, I was thinking about it, and usually I do like to do something not so obvious, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's odd. It is It odd. stands out for that. For sure. So we'll talk about that in our inflation deflation challenge for the week. I'm uh, going to, of course, mix things up as I always do on a week-to-week basis. This week we're going to be talking about Sonic 2 because, uh, well, it's become the highest grossing video game movie in U.S. history. But on top of that, we'll be talking about a little bit of a Super Mario Bros. animated film and uh, how that's going to compare. We'll talk Final Fantasy 16 and it being in its final stages of development, and Starfield being too big for its own good, says a former dev. Uh, also, you can find this episode on thegameinflators.com. You can find us on any podcast application, including the one you're listening to right now. You should leave us a review. You could also find us on Facebook and Instagram at thegameinflators and, and, and Twitter. Twitter, not Instagram again. Twitter. Thegameinflators. I'm just kidding. It's at Gameinflators. If for some reason you're unable to find this podcast on the application you're currently listening to it on, then we're doing something. Let wrong. us know in the comments. Yeah. Well, that if if they, they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't be able to find it. <laughs> yeah. If if it's not on that, uh, well, I guess they could technically listen on like YouTube or something like that, and it'd be like it's not on this podcast app that nobody knows about. You know. You know, actually, I did want to ask. Uh, I didn't ask you about this, but we can ask the people in case they want to chime in. If we were to segment out and put on YouTube just the inflation deflation in like its own little playlist, is that something you would be interested in? That'd probably be nice. Just to do the reviews. Yeah, just something so that people to have just a little tidbit. Um, might require you to do a little audio editing. Yeah, it might. Because that's gonna... that's the part of that that I was worried about. But that, yeah, it's be... totally fair. It was my idea. Because I'd be doing double, you know. Anyways, this yep. week, John, what'd you pick up? I had pickups. I actually had pickups. So we, um, my wife and I, last Sunday, decided, hey, let's go get some breakfast. Because we were supposed to meet up with some friends. They had to cancel for whatever reason. Or some old coworkers of mine. And so now that that's being rescheduled, we're like, well, let's go get breakfast at whatever location. And there was a Goodwill not too far from there. I'm like, well, it's a 40-minute wait for breakfast, so we should totally just go check out Goodwill because they just opened up. That's what they're good for. That's what they're good for, yeah. So I actually was surprised. I walked in, and there was a mountain of Xbox games. I guess somebody recently donated. And it had um, a number of Halo games. So I got a Halo Anniversary Edition on the 360, I also got, which is I think a remake of the original Halo, um, by what is it, three four three Industries, whatever we're called, four three eight. I don't. Three four three. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know. I'm not super familiar. I went from Halo three to Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah, I went from Halo three to no more Halos. Uh, so I picked that up. Uh, they also had the Halo like remastered or something like one. Oh, or the two. Master Chief Collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah Master Chief. That's collection. a good one. That's gotten like a lot of facelift over time, but I mean, 
who knows like if stuff like that even matters anymore well that one's being sold so <laughs> that one i got an xbox one i don't own an xbox one i'm not gonna ever get an xbox one so yeah that's just gonna get sold um i also picked up dukes of hazard on the original xbox and then i got gears of war the triple pack as well which has gears of war one and two and then some expansion stuff i love the gears of war franchise so that'll be pretty cool to to dive back into that at some point um i also got dj hero one and two and the only reason i picked those up is because i found two xbox turntables and turntables actually can go for a little bit so i figured well you know sell those get to keep some extra and then of course um buy some other games with it so that was my pickup uh, I see you did not have any pickups, so I'm going to jump into what I beat recently, and that is It Takes Two. So, wife and I finally beat It Takes Two. Absolutely loved it, dude. It is... Game of the year? Game of the year. 100%. It is so good, dude. Uh, I know we had, like, our own games of the year that we typically do, but, like, as far as the awards are concerned, this definitely deserved it. It was so, so good, dude. Like, just every single component of it, we were fully engaged at all times, the multiplayer aspects of it where you really do have to work with each other are just top-notch. It all is super fluid, very well-made game. I highly recommend it. If you haven't played It Takes Two yet, uh, you know, definitely check it out. If you are single and you know just have friends, uh, you can also play with them uh, you know, versus having to play with a significant other. So that's a, an option there for you as well. Uh, we then jumped into our next game because my wife uh, got to choose the next game. And so she chose Super Lucky Tale on uh, PS4. Of course she did. Of course she did, it's right? It's so adorable. It, it How is, could she stay it, away? It actually is adorable. So we, we started playing that uh, the other day. And we're on like World 3 or 4. Actually, we just finished World 3. So we're going to be on World 4. It's only like a six-world game with like five worlds oh so you're like halfway done yeah we're already like halfway done we'll beat it uh probably next week uh by next week it should be done um but that game in particular uh it's very kid friendly and and i don't say that because like the characters are all cutesy and it's specifically for kids i say it in the fact that it is super super easy i think we have died maybe twice and it's usually been because we accidentally fell somewhere it wasn't a matter of like yeah something stupid or like we just had like a bunch of sharp objects coming our way type of thing um but it's super easy uh it kind of reminds me of donkey kong uh in a sense tied with um you know i wouldn't say like mario but you have both a side scrolling platform uh game and then that ukulele style where it's the well i guess the new ukulele was side scrolling but basically like ukulele or donkey kong so you have it feels like a rare game yeah you have certain things you got to collect so like you have the lucky letters and you got like lucky throughout which kong you know kind of same deal there um you have these pages that you have to collect so similar ukulele where you're getting this giant book and you're gonna have this book that opens up and restores your family or something like that um and then uh you just pick up mystery pages and then a bunch of coins in a level and then when you beat the level you get our page so like basically every level is the same concept mystery page from a bonus type level there are bonus levels throughout the different worlds uh, collecting the lucky and then also getting 300 plus coins and there's always like 400 something coins a level for the most part and uh super easy so yeah that's that's the child-friendly aspect so if you got kids great game i think it's fantastic it's a little less frustrating than donkey kong for a younger audience so if you want to get them into that style of gameplay this would be a great one to do it if you don't have kids me either good job yep uh <laughs> let's see so we played apex uh, as well uh just and i were Oh my god, dude. Just and I on the Sentinels just gets stupid. 
we were playing a match yesterday, or really just the last few matches we played, where we're both running Sentinels with the, uh, the Doing extra the ping, the amp thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and it's like there's so many times where he's like aiming at somebody and I'm aiming at the same person. It's like, pew, pew. <laughs> the person goes down instantly. Fantastic stuff. So we were playing that last night. Had a lot of fun. Um, I almost got the silver one. I got about one more match, I think, until I'm silver one in arenas, which uh, it is hard to get past You know anything uh, higher than silver in that game for arenas for some strange reason. The point system just sucks. We played with one guy last night that was actually gold in arenas. And I'm like, how the hell did that even happen? I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, if you got a pretty good squad that you kind of maintain things with and it's like always, you know, like higher end players, it's great. And you can pick up the slack. But if you're in a situation like Justin and I were last night, we lost like five or six games in a row. He and I were actually doing pretty well, but our teammates were absolute dog shit. So it's like, how are you supposed to move forward when it's always a 3v2? Like in every situation. You guys get another friend. Yeah, we need another person to play. Well, I'd play with my brother, but he'll smoke and get high and he'll play while he's high. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, it's just so difficult to... We're being serious here. (laughs) This is a serious game time. He screws around. He'll like just 1v3 people and stupid shit. So either way, uh, we ended up getting on a pretty good streak last night. It was funny. We started playing this one guy. And uh, we're like, oh, man, like, I can't believe we only net like 20 points on this guy's like, oh, you guys better not be trash. And it's like, no, we're not trash. We just had like really bad players. And so it ended up being a 3v2 situation where it was us three versus two people. And the guy's like, oh, you guys got to take it seriously. Like, you got to take it seriously. I'm like, yeah, we'll take it seriously. Like a 3v2, we're not going to take it seriously. So I think I had one kill on four points of damage the whole time. And the guy's like, oh, you guys are, are terrible. I'm like, okay. Last round, I like unloaded 600 damage on these people. Uh, it was just hilarious, man, like how it all worked out. Um, but the guy tried to get us to join his party, and there was disconnection issues and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of sucked. Uh, and then Ocarina of Time, I've been playing that at night when I'm trying to, you know, when I don't fall asleep in the middle of it. I was going to play it the other, um, the other night, but because I finished up my tattoo, I was totally wiped. And like 11 o'clock, I just crashed. Uh, otherwise, I would have played it. But I'm still in the... Um, in the forest temple, uh, you know, I've, I'm just trying to pretty much light up the four pillars in the forest temple. Uh, it's, you know, the puzzle element, I guess now I'm kind of in a sense, you know, I said it wasn't very challenging at first. Now it's the more, it's not necessarily challenging the puzzles. It's more so annoying because it's, it's not like your standard puzzle. Like some of this stuff is just stupid. And one of them, for example, was, uh, I know what I got to do. Now, I thought about it last night, and then I looked it up just to make sure. But in the Forest Temple, there's like one of these eyeballs that you have to shoot with an arrow. And if you don't have a certain move, you can't really use it, right? So um, you apparently get your arrow, and you shoot it through a torch and then hit this eyeball, right? And that's fine. But there's like other aspects of it. Like if you hit the eyeballs with the arrow and you finish that portion, you got to go all the way back around. And you got to hit the eyeball again that was already closed, so it redoes its thing. I'm like, when you think about it, there's a reason people got stuck in those levels so long ago. Because mm-hmm. there's just so many like intricate puzzles that are tied to it. Well, and they and had the Nintendo helpline back then. Well, that's true, and it made money off that. So, I mean, honestly, it's a little frustrating. And, you know, the fact that if I use a guide to find these things, nobody's really going to bitch at me because everybody and their mother used guides on this game back then. Um, so I don't feel too bad about that. But yeah, there's 
I don't know, man. Generally, how often do you really use guides in games? Like, are you a person who's, like, dead opposed to it, or... No, I'm not dead opposed to it. I'll... It depends on the game, to be honest. So, obviously, something like Super Lucky Tail, I'm not going to use a guide on, because it's pretty straightforward. It takes two. Um, I didn't use a guide for that at any point. We just... We were so into it. And what about, like, RPGs? Mm. You're a big RPG guy. You know, I really don't, unless I'm, like, in... So, it depends on what the RPG is. So, like, Sukaden, for example, Sukaden 2. Could I beat Sukaden 2 on my own? Yeah, no but problem. But you wanted to get all the people. But I wanted to get all the people. Yeah. And I'm not about to sit there. Some of those like, are hard. <laughs> well, yeah. And then some of them are, like, a matter of if you don't get them at that point in time, it's you never tiny. get them, and then there's your ending. So, I wanted... So, Sukaden 2, I knew that there was a good ending for that, like, a really good ending for that game. And I wanted to get the really good ending. So that's the only reason I, I kind of went with a guide for that. But it was mainly just to, like, get certain characters. When it came to, like, weapon development, or not weapon development, but, like, you know, boosting characters and stats and that type of stuff, it wasn't fully necessary for me to use a guide because it's straightforward. Same with, like, Final Fantasy games. Like, I could beat a Final Fantasy game all day long, no problem. Like, 15, totally. Beat it without a guide, no issue. But if there were certain things I wanted to do, Special weapons. Yeah, like anything like that. Then yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like... Secret sit... bosses. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Dark Souls, I never use a guide for those games. Um, same with like Bloodborne and all of that. I just enjoy, you know, playing those games through. And I explore so much of those games anyways. It's not a big deal. Um, because I usually find things left and right. And yeah. game, like it's not a big problem. Uh, so yeah, I'm not super opposed to it. Uh, it just depends on the title and whether I feel I need it. Or if I'm stuck, then I'm like, all right, I'll just YouTube it in this exact spot. And nine times out of ten, when you look at that YouTube video, it's got a crap ton of views and a ton of comments. Are like, yep, I was stuck here. I would have never got past. So yeah. Like, you know, it makes sense sometimes. They put those points through. in games sometimes. Yeah. It's, it stirs conversation and gets people talking. Yeah, exactly. So that's just how it works out. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, man. I did a lot of gaming, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, and then I guess the only other thing is that you and I played some Magic today. Yeah. Which was, for me, a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> that was something else of those two decks man yeah, yeah not not great yeah not great for ryan but great for me lockdown completely it was fantastic yeah so i didn't really have any pickups this week i did so on xbox game pass you can go in and like preload games so that once they go live you're like good to go so trek to yomi comes out i think on may 6th so i've got that preloaded i'm very interested to check that out once it comes out um Still been playing a little bit of Dragon Quest XI. Uh, you know, I kind of started consulting a guide for the first time a little bit this morning to go get some more recipe books because, like, I've only had, like, the recipes that I started with. And in the game, when you craft items, you can get, like, up to a plus three if you craft it perfectly. And there's, like, a little mini game where you have, like, you're hammering out, like, the form of the weapon. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um... And I've been missing all those, uh, the books and stuff, because, like, I'm never really one to, like, look at the books on the bookshelves in games too much. Mm -hmm. So, when you make something, you get these other items that let you go back and recraft anything. Not just something that you have a recipe to make, but, like, you could go buy a weapon at the store and then just reforge it and make it a plus three. Yeah. So... Um, I started doing that, messing around with the inventory stuff a bit, and I was like, you know what, I'm actually engaging with more of the RPG mechanics and trying to, like, item up my people and stuff. Um, I've gotten to 
the point where I got another character in my party, uh, Silvando, and we're in this port town that like sounds almost similar to the last town we were in. I don't remember what that one's name was either. Uh, it was like Dilopolis or something. I don't know what this place is. But anyways, I just got there. And I'm, I'm having fun with it. I think that like I was hesitant at first. Um, I was like, ah, you know, I'll just mess around with this until I get bored with it. Um, and now I'm starting to want to keep playing it a little bit more, keep adding to it. I think this will be like something good to kind of have on the side as I'm going forward and maybe try to run like a couple games at a time. Um, so I probably won't really start anything new this week. I'll probably just keep going through this a bit and then check out Trek to Yomi when that comes out. Nice. Maybe eventually I'll get back to Elden Ring. Who knows? <laughs> I'll probably end up beating Elden Ring before you do. Dude, no doubt. Yeah. I think after our of time, I am going to jump into Elden Ring, and then Majora's Mask will be my my big one that I'm going to do. However, I probably won't get started till September. And, of course, you and I know September is going to be busy for me. Yes. So I... Zero chance of finishing. Zero. Well, no. There's a huge chance I'll be finishing it because I'll be off for a number of weeks. So I'll, I'll knock it out, but it's more so a matter of I won't be able to like talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, we'll have a lot of you know pre-recorded content during that time, unless you bring people on and you know. And then so. we'll talk about what you're doing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, okay, well let's uh, jump into some of these topics this week. So the first one being uh, Sonic Two, man, it is highest-grossing video game movie in U.S. history, and, and you finally seen it. I finally saw it, dude, and I thought it was awesome. There is a slight caveat. So it is the number one grossing film, unless you count Tomb Raider inflation, inflation with yeah. Tomb Raider for Laura Croft. But It'll I mean, surpass that. Yeah, it's still early. So, I mean, if they can crank out another $50 million, do you think they'll crank out another $50 million? Uh, I would think so. Because they uh, think this is just domestic box. This is just domestic, yeah. So this isn't global. I mean, given the global... Things going on right now who knows do they oh. count like streaming stuff uh you know i don't think they do in this type of information um i think this is usually because laura US croft didn't o- have to contend with that no and i think this is yeah exactly so i think this is just u.s box office but is it on streaming like hbo or anything yet it will be in a month i think that stops a lot of people from going to the movies now because like you don't have to wait like eight months for the dvd to come out i gotcha i mean my theater when i went the other day after what two weeks in theaters was packed but yeah. i went on a tuesday and you know how that theater yeah. is it's like five bucks a movie so it ends up being you know great um which is awesome dude like dude i love paying ten dollars for we- my wife and i and then getting dinner like yeah get a pizza for 12 bucks like 22 dollars for us to like have dinner in a movie would you think of uh the movie you we we hadn't talked about it last week right? no we didn't talk you about it last week, week. I, yeah because i just saw it this past tuesday uh dude it it was it was awesome. I mean, the whole robotic aspect and you know him with the mushrooms and and that whole world and seeing yeah. him like use his genius to kind of get back and how that all worked out was pretty hilarious. Uh, I loved Knuckles. Knuckles was I, the best. I thought that <laughs> Hydra's Elva. You know, I don't. The thing is, I don't play enough of the Sonic games to like know Knuckles' personality and if he has like that type of you know that speech that speech aspect or not even that, but just like the the innocence that he has tied to him so it's yeah. like this big bulky you know uh, echidna but he he's just got this innocence that goes about him that's like he doesn't know any better 
yeah. on certain things. So like when they were doing uh, baseball, for example, I guess spoilers, right? So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, but probably have by now, uh, when they're doing baseball at the end, and he's like, oh, I stole the base. I stole the second base. I stole the third base. And now I'm stealing the home base. And he's like, I beat you all in baseball or, or the ball of base or whatever it was. And like that was pretty cool uh, doing that whole deal. Uh, I loved the gold Sonic. Yeah. that I knew it was going to happen, though. So like we're I didn't know like from spoilers. I just knew that they were going to bring well, in gold Sonic. Once you have the, the gem... The, oh, well, yeah. the this, Chaos Emerald, of course you're going to have Super Sonic. The second are just like Chaos Emerald. And, yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't played all those games, like the well, newer ones. Well, I haven't either, dude. I but just, we know I just, Sonic. I know, I know. And I know there's Gold Sonic. So when it, they're just like, you know, Chaos Emerald, I'm like, oh. Or wait, it was a Master Emerald, I think. Isn't that yeah. what it is? Yeah, it's Master Emerald. So they're like, oh, it's a Master Emerald. And, the, and then you have the Chaos Emeralds in general. Um, I just knew right off the bat when I heard that word, I was like, yep, we're going to see Gold Sonic at some point. And that was badass. And I absolutely love the, like, he's this godlike figure, and he brings down the chili dog. Yes. I was like, that was beautiful. So it was a fun film, like you said. Um, it kind of just kept going, kept you into it the whole time. Uh, and then, of course, there is an end credit scene. So if you are pissed at us because of spoilers right now, I will not spoil the end credit scene. But the end, end credit scene, stuff is so... I'm, like, over it at this point. Uh, no, dude. Like, that was a badass end credit scene. Like, well, here's the thing. Well, no, I'm but, not, like, as far as spoilers, like, it's... This one isn't even related to the movie. Like, you could tell somebody, like, what the end game, like, after thing was for this, and it wouldn't, wouldn't matter to the movie. No, no, it wouldn't, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to spoil the end credit scene in particular. Because that's a cool scene. So if you haven't seen the movie and I just spoiled everything else, you'll love the end credit scene. So stay oh. for like it's midway through the credits. It's not even like end credits. Yeah. You know, just after that's a the Marvel gimmick. Bit. Yeah. Well, and some movies do it like at the very end, which kind of frustrates me. And that dude, every time I finish a movie, I'm like, end credit scene, like in X movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. There is awesome. We'll stay for a little bit. Yeah. Nope, let's bolt. That's what everybody does. Yeah. Then. So, yeah. I and it sucks because Marvels want to kind of set that precedence, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, it's going to have any issue on a global basis. I mean, it might, but surpassing, I think it was Warcraft, which had like 430 something million, um, you know, outside of, you know, total, uh, global box office sales. But what's crazy about that is it was like, it was like 50 million domestic. It's only 50 million domestic. Yeah. yeah. It got slaughtered domestically, which is crazy. Like, why was it so popular overseas? It's CG. I guess. America makes the best CG. I, I mean, I guess. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it's supposed to be a really shitty film. Well, and also, I think that, um, like, the WoW audience international True. is probably, like, bigger than it is domestically, even though it's an English game. I guess. But... Yeah, I or think, American-made game. Yeah, as long as this is domestic or uh, on a global basis, and it's you know got as much uh, time in theaters as other like as in the U.S., which I don't know because of the whole COVID situation too. That's another big part of it. Like, is it going to break certain records, you know, globally because of COVID? Like, it's not the same situation here where people are just running into the theater with you know no masks and stuff. And I don't know what shut down in the rest of the world. Like China, I'm sure is a you know a big proponent of like going to this film, you know, or could be, but given their situation with COVID right now, and I think they still have lockdowns in, in certain cities, that's going to kind of, you know, hinder this movie's ability to kind of move further. 
who knows? We'll see. Yep. Anyways, it's going to get stomped out by Mario Bros. Next up, we got Super or Rumor Super Mario Bros. Animated Movies details leaked. This is coming to us uh, from Brian at Nintendo Everything. I saw this just this morning, I think, or it might have been late last night. I don't remember. Oh, by the way, uh, that last article is Ryan O'Rourke of Collider. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Go Thanks, on. Ryan. Yep. So, um, yeah, they have basically a two-part thing here. The top part is kind of just some general things about the movie, and then the bottom part is like, a like plot by plot spoiler for the whole like movie. It's it's shy of being a wiki plot summary just because they don't have all the connecting bits, but everything's there. So if you want to know everything about this musical masterpiece before it hits theaters, you can go ahead and read this. Now, they did say that there are a few things that are going to be interesting. It's going to be a musical type movie with, I think they said at least three songs in it. Yeah, that disappoints me. So, okay, I love musicals, and I have zero problems with seeing Mario sing. I think it'll be fun. Um, but I guess Nintendo saw, like, the Jump Up Superstar reaction from Odyssey and how much everybody loved that, and they were like, this is the new thing. We got to make Mario more musical. That's how it's going to catch on. Um, and I think that that's kind of a fun approach to the movie to really go with like the sound like Mario's always kind of had like there was like the Mario paint with the Mario sound you know there's like uh the new Mario 3D where like the wah wah and like all the you know Koopas dance to it and stuff like I feel like everybody knows these tunes to a lot of these Marios and maybe it's been more musically inclined than I imagined this whole time uh, you know, you see, I read through all of the spoilers on this and read the plot. I just skimmed because I want some mystery left. No, I was like, I want to see what the hell. Because here's the thing, man. That movie, it, for one thing, it's potential that this is what happened, this leak. It could have just been some Joe Schmo writing it up and saying, this is a plot. This is what's happening with Mario. Um, but they're basically saying this was off of like a secret audience viewing. And that's where they're getting all this plot information from, essentially. Uh, I... I don't know, man. It was super in detail, those uh, those spoilers, I guess you could say, for the entire film. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, the whole, like, Brooklyn an accent aspect of it, and, like, you've got at the beginning, they said, like, um, what's his name? Charles Martinet uh, kind of reprises his role talking about Mario and all He's these doing the narration. And, yeah, and the narration. And then it goes into Chris Pratt, like, Brooklyn uh, voices and Luigi like that just that screams Mario live action film with Toad looking like a Goomba yeah you know like that off the bat it's like there are going to be Toadettes yeah and they probably have like Jersey Shore accents going for them as well <laughs> so I mean like I think Nintendo is going to absolutely bomb this movie I think it's going to be terrible uh, I think that the inclusion of Chris Pratt unless it's like very Mario-esque in his voice because for one thing it's animated so it's not like you're going to have Marnay doing his thing and then you're going to switch the voice? Over? Yeah, but the, so the thing is Mario has a bunch of iconic wah and that kind of stuff, but Sonic has had like a ton of voices in different games and different media properties and like we're just fine with somebody else playing Sonic now like 
I think that because Mario's you... been a voiceless character for the most part, like it's hard for us to imagine. But I think after 10 minutes with the movie, it's just going to be his voice. But here's the thing, though. It's like, based on what they said in these spoilers, if Martinet's doing narration and kind of going through like the different things of what he's done, that means he's probably going to be talking in his voice for Mario. So they've got lots of movies where they have a narrator doing like, this is me when I'm older, and I'm going to tell you the story about when I was a kid. And then the movie's about a whole different actor playing the same character. Like, it, you can have multiple voices for the same character within how, the same property. how many of those are super memorable? Uh, dude, I don't know. Uh, Big Fish was a good movie. It definitely has that. I guess. I, either way, I am not looking forward to this in that aspect. Looking at what the story is going to be. It does not look appealing to me in the slightest based on what they're looking to do. Um, And then, you know, at the very end, you know, what they said about, I don't know if you read the very end of it, like what they're anticipating for a closing component. But I looked at them like, there's no way Nintendo would let that fly. Like that's going to change in itself. And they already delayed the film. It was supposed to come out December of this year. And now it's being delayed to 2023 because Nintendo probably saw a lot of it. and was like, no, not going to be good. Like some of the pieces on there that were spoiled were crap like it just it just spells bad movie dude so i think that even if it isn't a great movie i think it'll still do better than sonic one oh yeah it probably will because it's mario i mean yeah, every nintendo fan's gonna watch it but it could be one of those things that like people wait to hear a few reviews and they hear it's terrible and they're like nope not gonna watch it sonic would have gone through you know, hell, if they wouldn't have listened to fans and, yeah. and kind of went through with like the initial uh, art style for Sonic's face and everything, which I saw some memes that had tails at the same style face and oh, knuckles at the same face. It was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing about it. But, you know, if they would have gone through and not listened to fans, then they wouldn't have had a Sonic 2. Yeah. They would have bombed in theaters with Sonic 1. Nintendo is one of those companies where they could have a ton of fan outcry and they haven't really shown us anything, right? They could have a ton of fan outcry. And they wouldn't do anything. And they wouldn't do anything. They'd yeah. be like, make it worse. They're just hurry. <laughs> They'll still buy it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how Nintendo is for the most part from what I've seen. They don't care about fan opinion for the most part. Like, people have been begging for certain games for years and they're like, here's more DLC content. You know, yeah. like, it, they just don't care. They know it's going to print money. But I think movies are a little different. I think if they come through and put another bomb of a movie in theaters, any Nintendo movie moving forward is going to have issues. Now, here's the other thing. If this movie does come out and does super well, how long until we hear about the Donkey Kong movie oh, and the God. Zelda movie and <laughs> well, the Kirby I mean, Donkey movie, Kong is in this the one. Animal Crossing movie? Isn't Donkey Kong in this? Dude, spinoff. Spinoff City. Oh, my God. Like, I, I just don't even want to imagine. I hope this movie bombs so that way we don't get a Donkey Kong movie. Ah. Uh, why is you're worried that it's going to ruin the company of the donkey kong tv show i love Don- no i love donkey kong so they screw donkey have kong you over. seen the tv show no i haven't oh my god with the the crystal coconuts well there's and- a whole other thing i mean you think about what nintendo's put out in the past do you really have faith that this is going to be a good movie you know i have faith because of the sonic movie sonic but this is the best but that's thing sega. sega does what nintendo don't 
yeah, fuck Sonic up. They'll make good Every movies. chance they get. <laughs> and then th- this somehow made it out well. Yeah. And Nintendo knocks it out of the park with everything that they do Mario-wise. Like, there's... Except film and TV. Like, historically, what do they have that's, like, really good film and TV-wise? Well, they're not a film and TV company. They've had, what, Zelda animated and stuff in the past, right? Mm. And Link animated. They've had... Mario, they had the Mario TV show years ago. Yeah, but that was like in the they like had the Mario early, movie. early 90s. Oh, I know, but dude, same company, man. Look, no, been, that was that was people licensing out the property. Look, they've been milking out Mario for years. All right, this is no different, Ryan. I I think it's gonna bomb. Speaking of something that's been being milked for years, oh, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 16 is in the final stages of development. Uh, this coming to us from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Oh, Lots missed, of Ryans today. You uh, you missed that name. I'm just kidding. I'm screwing with you because you do it to me all the time. Oh, yeah. I yeah, totally yeah. do. So uh, this is going to be awesome, I think. I wanted to talk about this today. So um, Naoki Yoshida says that the game is in its final stages and that he's, uh, you know, really excited about how the story's coming along and thinks that, you know, longtime fans that have kind of drifted away from Final Fantasy or even, like, all the legions of people that have gotten in with the story behind Final Fantasy XIV will be able to find a deep, rich story here in sixteen. I've been thinking to myself and saying for years, like, I want Final Fantasy to go back to, like, classic fantasy and get away from some of this future fantasy that they've been doing for so long. Not that it's not fine i just want to see more swords and sorcery and the classic like you know thatched roofs and horses even though they have chocobos kind of sense uh and this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be that um i went back and looked at the trailer again and you know that's some older footage and and i can't wait to see what the game looks like the next time they show it i think that some of the comments I was reading were people talking about like, oh, you know, there's like no HUD. So it looks like really boring or yeah. immersive in quotes. Um, you know, who knows if that was even final footage. Like I remember getting Final Fantasy Type O just for the Final Fantasy 15 demo. And I love the combat system in the demo that came with that way more than the actual final combat system in 15. That's what a lot of people say. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they've learned from their first attempt at making, you know, the live combat Kingdom Hearts rhythm into a traditional Final Fantasy. And this one, you know, I said, you know, like a ton in the last couple of sentences. Uh, this is going to be... Hopefully really good looking with what we saw in the Kingdom Hearts trailer recently as well. Them using some of what they've learned from here into their, you know, I did it again. Now I'm consciously doing it. (laughs) That's great. uh, I'm stoked for it. I want it to be good. I want it to lead into Kingdom Hearts being really good. You know. Uh, I think that once they finish up with wrapping this, they'll be able to divert a lot of resources over to that new Kingdom Hearts. So hopefully we're not waiting a million more years for that to come out as well. You know. I do know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to this style of Final Fantasy. I mean, uh, 15 kind of went in that direction. I mean, yeah, it was futuristic, but it had a lot of that like 
kingdom-like atmosphere that was yeah. going for it. So that was pretty cool. I loved Final Fantasy 15 actually. It's just the ending that really screwed it up for me. Mm-hmm. That's really ultimately what it was. But the game itself, I thought, was great. Um, combat system was a little lackluster compared to what I would have wanted to see. What I think frustrates me the most, though, about this is they're talking about, oh, Final Fantasy 16, Final Stage Development, blah, blah, blah. Where the hell is Final Fantasy 7 Part 2? Like, Well... That's the other thing, I guess, that I should have put that they could divert some resources to after this is done. Yeah, like, it's just, you know, you have this, like, multi-game plan for Final Fantasy. What's it going to have? Like, PS6? PS7? That was like, 2020? Or was it 20... No, I think it was 2019. 19? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you'd figure that, you know, the game... And they put it on PS5 recently as well. So it's like, you'd figure that by now they would have already had something big going with Final Fantasy VII Part Two. That's honestly the reason I did not want it. My wife wanted me to buy it. She's like, hey, I'm going to be on... April 2020. So it's been two years. Yeah, so she's like, my wife's saying, hey, I want to, you know, buy Final Fantasy VII so that way I can play it and everything. I'm like, well, you should probably play the original so that way you can actually beat it because God knows when they're actually going to finish this remake yeah and i mean at this point it's gonna be five years until they're done you know it's so frustrating but uh you know i'm really looking forward to this you know um, it is something that uh we haven't had for some time in a final fantasy franchise i feel and it's hopefully gonna be good so i don't have a whole lot of comments on it what <laughs> were you saying you know you said you know once <laughs> oh, i did yeah see i only use it one ryan i don't use it uh i no. know a lot more than you do john i guess you know <laughs> <laughs> okay cool uh so our next thing here is uh starfield is too big for its own good and this is a former dev that brought this up it was uh callum baines at tech radar um so ryan you can you can dive into this one so former dev from bethesda went on i think it was like wednesday or thursday i don't remember when i first heard this uh posting some stuff about starfield you know on one hand we've got final fantasy 16 looking towards the past and and trying to change things up and now we've got bethesda looking towards the future the farthest future they've ever imagined and giving us space exploration with according to this dev extremely boring flight uh, not great shooting, and uh, it seems like they're still just trying to find the fun. And that sounds like a Bethesda launched, if I ever heard of one. <laughs> uh, I think that this will fit in great with their catalog of previous releases, and I think that me and everybody else in the universe are going to be thankful that we've got Game Pass and we don't have to pay for this day one. We just get to, you know... Get in on the ground floor and ride out the two-year, you know, map of how they're gonna fix whatever. Uh, he also said that there's probably gonna be a lot of cut content yep. that they're not gonna be able to finish prior to releasing, and uh, it, it's classic Bethesda. I, I just, you know, what I don't get about some of these devs is just. If you're going to release half a game or like three quarters of a game, release it at a cheaper price point. Or do it like Square did and just never tell us when the next part's coming. That too. Or just do that. Be like, it's part one Starfield. It'll be ready in four years and go from there. Like, But they're going to charge 70 bucks for this. It's going to be buggy as all hell like all their other games. It's not going to have all the content. As of right now, it sounds like it's not very fun based on... I mean, they've got six months to finish it up, I think, is what they're anticipating. 
It could get pushed back. You never know. Uh, now that Microsoft's kind of at the helm, they may look at it and say, we don't want an inferior product out. We're going to push this out another year, whatever it takes to make sure it's a good game. Um, but at the same time, they're going to be under deadlines to get this done as well. So I just wish that these devs would release it at a lower price point and say, look, you know, we knowingly have not put out the full game here. We're releasing it at, say, you know, 55 bucks. You're going to have a ton of great content. And then in the next six months, we're going to be releasing... Uh, downloadable content's $15. It's going to cover the remainder of what we were not able to do at launch so that we have a solid game and then the rest of it can kind of come through at this point. But obviously that takes more of a, a roadmap aspect, right? To say we are going to intentionally do this from the start, have this part of a game out and then do DLC, DLC, DLC as needed to build upon the story versus what it sounds like they're going to try and do is release a bunch of junk and then over the course of however long fix that mess and hope that they could sell a bunch of copies at the same time. And by that point, you've pissed off a ton of people, and of course, you kill consumer, um, what, what do you call it? Uh, just, you kill off your consumer base. Like, they're just not happy with you. And a lot of people aren't happy after Fallout 76. It's apparently turned into a great game. Because of the DLC. Yeah, because things have happened over time. But what about all the people that bought it right off the bat? I mean, come on, you're going to keep screwing people over like that right off the bat. It's going to lead to a situation where it's going to have lackluster sales to begin with because folks are going to say, well, we're not going to buy it right away. No, it doesn't really matter too much. I don't think anymore with the game pass approach because it's only going to be on Xbox. So it doesn't probably even really matter to them how many more they can sell well, I think it matters in an aspect of if you want to see Bethesda continue making great games. Like, say Starfield turns out to be a phenomenal game in three to four years, Yeah, right? but Microsoft will keep paying Bethesda devs to make whatever's going to come next regardless yeah. of the success of Starfield. Because they, they Elden Ring 6, or Elder Scrolls 6, Elden Ring 6, <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6 probably be out around the same time as Elden Ring 6. That's going to be the one that's going to push Sony people to buy... In Xbox, I don't think that Starfield is going to push anybody to buy an Xbox that doesn't have one. But Elder, I almost said Elder Ring again. Elder Scrolls will definitely get some Sony ponies over to buy like an old used Series S just so they could check it out. I mean, I'll buy a Series S used down the road just to play a few games as well. But um, yeah, I think, you know, when you kind of look at this, I say consumer confidence was looking for before. Say they they do make a great game in three to four years, that initial launch is going to be telling, right? If consumers are saying, no, we're not going to buy that because we know in a year or two from now, it's going to be a much better game. We'll wait to buy it. Well, and now you've released this product. You have lackluster sales. What does that look like from the top up to say, oh, you know, Starfield isn't doing so well. It's first year, right? Like, we'll let you keep working on it. But it's going to get to a point where they're just going to, like, cut the cord on certain projects, you know, I think uh, what Anthem was one of the big ones, you know, that had issues when it got launched. Yeah. And I mean, that's pretty much gone. Like who the hell's playing Anthem? Yeah. So I think you can potentially run into issues like down that down the road as you continue to put out a lackluster, unfinished game. So are I, they going to repackage that cut content as like DLC? Is that something that they'll just work on for the first year as like updated expansions? If they're doing, you know, all the games through Game Pass, are they doing the DLC for free through Game Pass? Because traditionally, Bethesda Games DLC has been average to good. Yeah. It's usually not terrible, and it usually adds a lot of interesting, different stuff. 
that people tend to enjoy, but that's definitely more money going into their pockets. I'd be interested to see if they're going to be like, all right, the vanilla game is this. All the cut content, that's going to be the first DLC package. That'll be free. But any of the real DLC we plan, you got to buy it with Xbox Fun money or something. Xbox Fun money. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, dude. But I'm just so sick and tired of this. Like, we always have this conversation about these developers putting out unfinished games and such. And it's just... They're the kings of it, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if there is a king of unfinished products, it is them. Uh, Okay, let's dive into what is a finished product. And I feel a great product. And somebody that got screwed over by PlayStation Plus, kind of. Kind of, kind of. I mean, they kind of knew what they were getting into. So we talked about Oddworld Soulstorm a while back and how uh, it was released on PlayStation Plus. And, you know, they had X amount of downloads compared to what they were anticipating selling as physical copies. They were hoping to get like four... 100,000 downloads and they ended up getting like 4 million downloads or something crazy. Yeah, or it was like 100,000 sales or something like yeah. that is what they were looking at. And they ended up getting several million. So uh, this one is Oddworld Soulstorm. It is developed by Oddworld Inhabitants and published by Oddworld Inhabitants. Uh, it is directed by Lorne Lanning and it was released in the April. The luscious of- Lorne Lanning. <laughs> it was released in April of 2021. It's a cinematic platform and reception was around a 6 or an 8 on average. So... This game uh, was obviously We've never free. played any Odd Worlds either. No, of us. yeah. So we'll preface that we haven't played any of the Odd World games in the past. I mean, I've dove into it in the past, like played demos and such, but never really got integrated into it. So this was truly my first experience and your first yeah. experience into this world. And after experiencing the bit of experience we had with this, I loved it, dude. Like, I was blown away by the intro cinematic, and like neither of us was expecting them to be speaking English. Yeah, for I was reason. expecting subtitles in some weird language. It, it honestly, like, I was telling Ryan during the recording, I was like, or while we were playing, I'm like, man, I kind of want to do this for my inflation, deflation, or not inflation, my uh, new games resolution next yeah. year is go through to odd roll games. Because I think I have all of them, actually. It's a lot of uh, frustrating combat puzzles and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it, but that's what guides are for, right? So um, I might not do all of them, but I might play like Abe's Odyssey. Or like Abe's Exodus, whatever. It they is. remade the first one, Oddworld, uh, big and tasty, new and tasty, mm-hmm. uh, just oh, like did. last That's year right. or the year before. That's right. I remember that it was on limited run, and it ended up being released as a normal release. So. Yeah, that's one I'll have to look into grabbing. Um, God, I should probably just do it while you're talking. Uh, so yeah, six out of eight. I'll go into my like overall review uh, of it before we do like scores and inflate deflated. But uh, obviously, the cinematic aspects were phenomenal. Uh, I felt that the voice acting was great and on par. Uh, the storytelling just to kind of set the tone and what had happened. I think you do technically have to play some of the other ones beforehand because it is a continuation. Uh, but despite that continuation, I felt like it had already been integrated into this odd world already and kind of knew what was going on. Yeah, they really were able to make me feel for not just Abe, but the Mudokins and kind of have an idea of who the antagonist was going to be and some of the history between them all within, you know, we only played for like a half hour, but like, I think a little more. I, yeah. I felt like I was right there, ready to go with the rest of the game. I don't really think you need to go back and do the others, but it probably just makes it that much richer of an experience and probably gets you ready for some tough puzzles coming up. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. I in what we played because we didn't get to like where you get any of your followers and like use them for certain things. But we had like the um, the meditation thing. I forget what they called it, but uh, you're able to control uh, different enemies and such. So in this case, uh, controlling the different characters with guns and killing other ones, uh, opening up certain doors. You had the uh, Soulstorm Brew, which was flammable, which was hilarious. That environmental so interaction yeah. between water and fire and fire and spreading fire uh, those are always fun systems in games yeah i agree and i love the side scrolling component of it i think all of them are side scrolling if i'm correct um, yeah they're only be... cinematic platformer well no except for munch's odyssey was like a 3d thing on the original xbox and stranger's wrath was like a shooter yeah and those are both on xbox um so yeah i i loved it I thought it was great. The music was also phenomenal. And yeah. it's so if you got surround sound, so worth it. With yeah, it sounded sound. really good. And the haptic feedback on the control was really nice on the PS5. So that was also a lot of fun. Uh, so your overall thoughts? I definitely think that this was a game that people would have been super happy to get on that PS Plus. Uh, I definitely have been wanting to play some of these games for a long time. I think I talked about this even last time. I used to watch Katakaris a lot, and he absolutely loves these games. So his videos got me interested in them a long time ago. So having my first time messing around with it, um, obviously this is the latest in the series, so it's going to be the most refined and the most set up uh, as far as modern, you know, contemporary gaming controls. I didn't feel like it was really a semantic platformer. Uh, running around, double jumping, very responsive, very able to control and turn on a dime. I don't think that's traditional to the series. So I think that even in the reception on Wiki, uh, it's quoting somebody talking about how good the movement felt. But that the game is ultimately held back by some bugs and stuff here and there. I don't really know to speak on you know the condition of the game, but I definitely think that it's... Something that I would want to play more. I would want to see more. Um, especially of this, even if I don't ever wind up going back. I have a feeling this is one of those games that I I might only wind up playing this in the series. Uh, because maybe those other ones are going to be too old and challenging for me to really get into. So I was looking up really quick because I was... Uh you know, wondering which uh, Oddworld games have been released um, in the last, you know, several years. And so they actually have the Oddworld collection. I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, so it's on Nintendo Switch, and it has on it um, Oddworld, uh, I think it's Munch's Odyssey is on here. Um, the Big and Tasty and The Stranger's Wrath are all in this collection. Nice. Yeah, so pretty good stuff. And the uh, is it The Stranger's Wrath? Which one is the most recent again? Uh... New and tasty, new big and tasty, big and, and tasty, tasty, whatever. Yeah, so God, it just was there. New and tasty, yeah. So that's pretty cool, actually. Um, How much? Forty bucks. Forty bucks. That's pretty good. That is actually not a bad deal for those three games. I have all of them except the the new and tasty one. So, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I agree with your your aspects of it too. I think that um, this could be a game that I, I myself also could play. You know, without playing the other games and have a lot of fun in doing it. Um, I do think, you know, just looking at it and what we experienced today, I would want to continue playing this. And I think that if you have not played any of the Oddworld games, you know, maybe start by picking up one of the older ones, um, maybe doing the collection here and just kind of giving yourself some background. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I felt that 
it was just phenomenal. You know, I would say it, it is more net eight range in what we've experienced. Yeah. Um, I would say at uh, its current price point, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, that it's totally worth picking up. I think like the weirdness and the ugliness mm-hmm. of the characters makes me want to see more of this world. Yeah. Like the we saw the bad guys rolling in on their big sky blimp ship just spewing out smoke and the guy looks like a a gangster and talks like he's from, you know, New York or something. And he's got no arms, right? Yeah, and the the squigs like just talking weird. It's it's definitely an odd world and I really want to to see more of what's going on. I know in like Stranger's Wrath you're running around shooting little critters and stuff out of crossbows and like most of your ammo is like living things. So it's definitely one of those things that has a lot of world building that's been done. And I wonder how much of that really comes across if you don't experience the old ones. Like if you don't know, you know, going into this first part, like who that bad guy was, what his species is. You don't know about the old games where they were like turning mudokins into popsicles or something so i'm guessing that the soul storm brew or whatever is somehow made out of mudokins also because it seems like they're always getting farmed up yeah it would make sense you know i was checking to see if i had a target because i want to go to target today for that uh, collection uh target right uh, but I don't see it there, unfortunately. Well, so that kind of sucks. Getting down to brass tanks yep. on this one. Uh, the most expensive version that you can buy right now is the uh, PS4 Collector's Complete in Box going $200.69. Uh, cheapest version... Well, I did reverse these. Uh, cheapest version is 1912. That's the loose PS4. We're talking PS5, though, today, folks. Uh, complete in box for PS5 going twenty one ninety seven. Uh, that peaked at forty nine ninety nine back in July of twenty one. Uh, that's trending down currently. Loose nineteen eighty five uh, peaked at thirty six oh four in August of twenty twenty one, and that is currently trending down as well. I mean, for almost twenty bucks, complete in box. I definitely say that that's worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's about what I paid was 20 bucks complete in box recently. And, dude, I'm looking at the collector's edition, by the way. It looks sick. It's got a nice big statue of Abe yeah. on here. Um, and actually, you can pick it up right now for $100 PS5 collector's edition, it looks like. Cool. Like, that's actually not a bad deal. So, it's actually on sale right now from 149 So, yeah, I agree. I think that this game at, at 20 bucks, I, you know, I don't want to say inflated or deflated i when it came out at 30 40 bucks i think it was worth it then i think it's still worth it now uh it is a newish game in terms of how long it's been out it's only been out about a year so i think it's worth picking up at that point man so do you think that with what we talked about before and what happened with all the ps plus downloads that happened for this does that mean there's going to be a surplus of the physical copies that aren't going to get sold and eventually, you know, really lowballed in price? Or do you think that, hey, we never have to print another run of these discs and they're just going to slowly disappear and most people are going to forget about it because they have it downloaded in their library? 
I think it's the latter on that one. I think that you're going to have, like, they only printed enough of this game to kind of meet what they felt was going to be the demand. And they released that into market, and then everything was on PlayStation Plus, obviously. Uh, and they got paid for that piece, too. So I think we're going to run into a situation, like, even, like, all the Walmart locations that I've been to have had this on clearance. So I think this is going to be one of those games that hits clearance pretty quickly, uh, or it is now. And you're probably going to see it disappearing from shelves, and it's going to be one that you just kind of wish you would have picked up physically. Um, and, like, I mean, dude, 20 bucks, I got a steel book version of this. It's not like I got, you know, a six months down the road. It's a standard plan. I mean, Steelbook yeah. Day One Edition was $20. It's totally worth in itself. And the Steelbook's nice. It's actually a very nice Steelbook. Uh, I feel copy. like they do less Steelbooks than they used to. There was a while where Steelbook was like, the special edition thing and now yeah. i just think people don't really care about that as much they'd rather put in packing stuff yeah honestly dude like i'm even considering buying this collector's edition like i'm not kidding you even though we i have it on the uh normal ps5 trade it in yeah i'm super super tempted oh well, i guess i could yeah so i'm gonna actually add this to my cart so it's sitting there give it to ben as a present i should i should <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's add to cart, and then I'll save for later. So. little shopping for you folks right here live on the Game Deflators. If yeah. you want to uh, let us know what you thought about <laughs> Oddworld Soulstorm and our shopping experience today, you <laughs> can let us know somewhere on the internet, uh, uh, GameDeflators.com, at uh, the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us at just Game Deflators on Twitter because they don't like that. And this would not be the first time I purchased a game live on the podcast. No. Uh, yeah, it is. Far from the last. It is, yeah, far from the last. I'm stoked to see this uh, statue, though. You've oh, got some cool statues here, now, here. and I I'm, bet this will be a well, good one. Well, I'm not buying it right now. I'm going to see if it goes down even more. Um, okay. Yeah, like I have the baby statue, too, for, uh, what's it called? Um, Death Stranding. Yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, let's see. Oddworld Collector's Edition. Where's that? Here it is. I'll just open it up for you so you can see from where you're at. Okay, you're probably not going to see it from where you're at. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool statue. Yeah, I think it'll be worth it. But for now, I'm holding. I'm holding. Hold. All right. Uh, next week, we'll have to confirm with him. But we intend on having Barry from Premium Edition Games. Friend of the podcast. Nintendo Fuse podcast as well. Uh, so he's supposed to be on giving us the uh, most recent update for Premium Edition games Woo. and their new games that are going to be coming out. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so got to chat with him, see for sure that he's coming on. If you know, unless it's like the week after or something, we'll get it figured out. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we booked May. Barry in the future. Barry in the future. Yeah, I think we booked May seventh with him. So let's uh, let's message him a little later. Well, all that said, Ryan. I think it was fun this week. It was a good we week. A lot. I think we did a lot. Uh, we're actually so actually we could probably spoil. What we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Next yeah, week. that's our that's our game that we're playing. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, this has been episode one eighty one of the Game of Players podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan, and thanks for listening. <laughs>